Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet on KDRT 95.7 FM. Anna Vucino is back. She's here. She was here before talking about her journey with celiac and living gluten-free along with adding in NSNG. And remember, Anna is an actor, and she's also the co-host of the Angriest Trainer podcast with Vinny Tortorich, who's also been a guest on the show. Anna blogs about her gluten-free versions of comfort food from her heritage at glutenfreeanna.com. And Anna's book will be coming out when, Anna? Soon! (laughs) (laughs) That's the nicest intro anyone's ever done. That's so nice. We're going to record that and I'm going to play that before every time I'm on a thing. There we go. And today, Anna and I are going to talk about weight loss, plateaus, and not giving up. Anna, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me. I love our conversations. Yeah, they're fun. So let's talk about, you know, you lost weight, right? You found that you're gluten-free. You guys, we, I don't want to go back to that story because I think we've right. got juicier stuff. So I will put the link into Anna's previous interview, which is great yeah. about celiac. But you lost weight. You did NSNG. And then what happened? Well, I started plateauing. I, I mean, I lost weight. But okay, so when you... But cut out processed foods, you're going to lose, depending on how heavy you are, maybe three to four, maybe five pounds of water weight fairly quickly. And if you read the Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Living by uh, Finney, mm-hmm. P-H-I-N-N-E-Y, Finney and Volokh, they say, um, Stephen Finney, and I can't remember the names. Anyway, um, they say the reason that that happens is because carbohydrates and processed foods require additional water. They make you basically retain extra water. Mm-hmm. to digest. So pretty quickly when you cut those out within the first week, you're like, oh my God, I dropped like three pounds in one week. That's never happened before. That's awesome. And then stuff kind of slowly came off, but maybe it's like a, to- a net loss of like factoring in hormonal fluctuations that we have to factor in. Maybe a net loss of seven or eight pounds after a pretty long time. And a, a lot, a big portion of that being in ketosis. Mm-hmm. So then I was just like, what's going on? And I know it was frustrating to my co-host Vinny because he, I'm supposed to be like the living example of doing what Vinny says and then I lose all this weight. And fortunately, we have thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people on the Facebook groups who have had such success. But for me, it was really weird. But I was doing everything right, exercising, running, eating the right things, the NSNG. Um so I, I had to look deeper. So, I, you know, we got to interview Dr. Sarah Gottfried, mm-hmm. who wrote The Hormone Cure. And a lot of the symptoms she was describing of estrogen dominance, which means you're not really producing that much um, progesterone, which you need to balance out your hormones, and the whole insulin thing, they're all interrelated. So that kind of flipped a switch with me. And then that led me to a uh, practitioner out here who was so wonderful and, um, it kind of all led back to gut health and we did a whole bunch of labs and I'm a lucky person because I'm able to afford to go pay for a bunch of labs. And I use the excuse of, well, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. So this is, I guess, a business expense. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I'm sure the IRS would not think that's a business expense, but um, that's how I justify it in my head. So doing this panel of labs, I come to find out that my body is treating dairy eggs and sesame and not just dairy i should be more specific actually you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna get the uh result here because i'm gonna tell you because they're they're words i don't know how to pronounce off the charts out of range milk buterophilin that's the (laughs) fat i found out in butter and milk oh so so a lot of people who can't handle dairy is because of the lactose or the casein or the Mm -hmm. casomorphin um, which is lactose is the sugar and then the casein is the protein. A lot of people who are lactose intolerant or dairy intolerant are, are reacting to those two things, which both of those things did go off the chart, charts. But then those folks can still have butter and butter seems to, especially grass-fed mm-hmm. butter. And they're okay. But my worst score was that fat. And I was like, oh man, what? 
That makes me mad. So no more whey protein, no more butter, no more yogurt, no more cheese. And that was a big part of how I was snacking with giving up the carbs. <laughs> and in fact, my cookbook that's coming out has amazing recipes and half of them are dairy, about half of them are dairy-free, not intentional, just because a little bit of Parmesan just makes things better to finish off a dish. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I was just like, what? And so, and eggs. So eggs, sesame, dairy. So basically, I'm like a 100% vegan, except for the meat part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally vegan, except for the meat. <laughs> Um, but what happened too was like, I was just like, that makes me so mad. I am so mad. I'm going to temper tantrum eat, which is, um, you know, when you're like, when you're angry and you eat, I, I call, <laughs> I call it wild child and you storm eat. It's like, I'm going to eat this and yeah. let's, what are you, you going to do about me. it? Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to get rice and I'm going to eat that rice. <laughs> I'm going to eat it. And it, it's funny because like you get like <laughs> really what's in the broad scheme of things, some pretty benign, you know, treats. But like I found these, these cookies by this company called Lucy mm -hmm. and they're dairy free and egg free and sesame free. And I'm like, and they, they're basically little sand cookies. That's what they taste like is sand. That's because it's rice flour and rice flour tastes like sand. And uh, it's sand with sugar in it. <laughs> sugar sand cookies and i'm like yeah i'm gonna eat these i'm eating three of them <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile my husband who can eat anything and nothing happens to him <laughs> is eating an entire pizza and looking at me like yeah you rebel <laughs> <laughs> so after i went through the temper tantrum eating phase and i and trust me i wanted i actually went and got a second opinion because what happens apparently here's here's how it was explained to me in celiacs and in other people with autoimmune disorders, sometimes, but specifically with celiacs, there are uh, proteins or uh, substances that the body will treat exactly like gluten. So if mm -hmm. my body is attacking itself when I eat gluten and I think I've given up gluten, so my body's not going to attack itself anymore and cause any more inflammation, but it obviously is. Because I'm not losing any weight. My, you know what I mean? Everything's inflamed. My gut's in pain. There's got to be something else going on. So my body is treating those particular things. That's why you go get the blood test. And they test you for like a panel of 18 different things. Sesame, uh, buckwheat, sorghum, rice, potato, corn, soy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Um, and uh, when, when I found out that rice and potato came up, negative. I was like, I'm going to eat all the rice and potato then, <laughs> which does not help with weight loss. I can tell you that much. Um, but my body was treating it the same way and still attacking my body. So for this past 12 years, when I thought I was doing right by my body, I was not. Wow. And that was, I, I don't know, there's something about it that like, I, when I went to get the second opinion and the lady was like, I don't think you understand. You're not, you cannot eat those things. Ever? ever? I started the rage. I don't know about ever. I'm not going to say ever. I don't believe it. I believe that we're going to figure, because we're learning so much now about gut health and dysbiosis. And, and I don't believe that it, there's going to be a forever thing. I, I believe I'm going to find some answers. And that's part of what my journey is. So I can tell all y'all about it. And if you're having the same thing, let's go find some answers. Wow. So how long have you... I mean, okay, first off, okay. That was right before Christmas. So now it's what, February 13th? Okay. And so I was strict. Well, I had the, I had the temper tantrum eats for a little while and then mm -hmm. I was strict for a few weeks and then I allowed myself to have Christmas Eve and Christmas Day because I was making everything. I made a glazed ham and the cheese grits and the fried okra. Actually, the fried okra was okay because I use almond meal for that. Um, I made a succotash that had heavy cream in it. Um, and then the next morning, Christmas morning, I was like, I'm going to have an egg. Um, I, I felt pretty bad after two days of eating that way. I had seized candies, so that has a lot of milk in it. Um, no gluten. I still would never touch any gluten, but it was interesting. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Your body does not like this food. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that really screwed with me was the sesame thing. I never thought I was like, who cares about sesame? But I thought immediately, 
I can have hummus. Great. And then I was like, oh crap. One of the, the second ingredient in hummus is tahini, which is sesame. So I need to uh, make it at home. So on my blog, I put a tahini free red pepper hummus recipe on there in case anyone, uh, if there's anyone else out there who can't have sesame. Um, well, cause I was going to ask you like, I just this week for the first time in my life, did I make a dish with sesame? Just this week. And, Interesting. And so, you know, my mom's made, I mean, I, my cooking skills are very little. My mom, because I'm half Korean, so she uses sesame oil a lot. Right. For, for what sesame I Sesame oil is delicious. Yes, it's really tasty. It's really tasty. In fact, my family has declared that we are not a coconut oil family. We do not like the taste of coconut oil yeah. like, and stir fries. And, and my daughters went, we are a sesame oil family. <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah, I have to use another oil and then just use a little drib drab of sesame oil because it is such a strong I mean not anymore Mm -hmm. but back in the day yeah when I use sesame oil um it is quite tasty though Mm -hmm. it is yummy um so that that was an interesting that was another weird thing so I was like okay so like I can't even grab a pack of hummus at the store I'm gonna be one of those people who has to make everything from scratch I don't like that I don't like it and what's funny is I, I I am a cookbook author and I am, you know, a food blogger. So it would make sense that I obviously, I do make a lot of things from scratch, but we live in modern times Mm -hmm. and sometimes we need things to be convenient, but it just takes a little more planning. So feeling bad after the Christmas day, Christmas Eve and Christmas day binge. Now I've been pretty strict about being uh, gluten and dairy and sesame free. Oh, last night was interesting trying to find Indian food that didn't have some yogurt or some paneer, you know, just trying to get straight up vegetables with straight up curry with no creaminess in it. And uh, so, I, you know, I I don't know. I don't know if I had any contamination from that. But I, I have started to drop weight again. Now, I know you're going to ask, how much have you lost? <laughs> well, I don't have an answer. <laughs> and here's why. I don't know if I talked about this last time I was on, but I made a lifelong commitment to never again get on a scale <laughs> because it was making me crazy. And I had, remember, well, off the air, we were talking about how we, I like notebooks. Mm-hmm. I have, I have a notebook full of like everything that I've every day, basically that I've weighed since like 2006 mm-hmm. in my bathroom. So, um, I said, this is becoming too OCD and you need to free it up. You need to free up your brain. So here's how I know. I have skinny jeans and I have fat jeans. And when I can wear the skinny jeans, I know I have got, because I bought those specifically when I was losing weight to be the skinny jeans that I can fit into after I drop more weight. Well, I have now finally dropped that more weight because I can fit into those skinny jeans. So I want to use a healthy marker of how my clothes fit instead of hopping on that scale every day and tempting that OCD excuse to torture myself for the entire rest of the day. Mm -hmm. That's how I know. But I don't know how many pounds. Interesting. Well, there's a part of me that goes, well, it's a number and it all comes down to what we make those numbers mean. Right. And apparently you have clean thoughts about, uh, right. There's not this attachment to the genes and what you make it mean, but there is with, uh, um, with the, the scale. Well, because I notice when you get on the scale or when I, I, me, because I'm the one with the problem. (laughs) When I get on the scale every morning, I would let that dictate my mood for the morning. That's dangerous. When we are talking off the air, what I need to do in the morning is get up and dictate my mood in another way. Okay, so here's a challenge. This is just a challenge, right? And 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 I'm not saying to do this now because this is something that I work with my clients. But what if... Like you could get on that scale. Like what if you can master your mind that when you get on that scale, it's just a number. It's just information. It's a data point. I would love to get to that point and I aim to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's too much of a hot button trigger. Like I am too much caught up in the the cocaine rat pellet of what that number means. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But and this is where I think this is so important for the listeners out there is to know where you are right now, right? And knowing if that's too much of a trigger and your energy and focus can't can't handle that too in addition to all this other stuff, right? That, yeah. 
That yes. So it's okay to take a break from it for a little while until it becomes a less uh, fire button mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. Well, and that goes back to kind of but like... I, I like that. I like what you said. Yeah. At some point, like to be able to have that relationship where... Because we as women, I think, are so caught up with that number on the scale. And one of the things that I work with women on is letting go of that number meaning anything. It's a it's a data point. And I have some clients who don't go on the scale and that's fine. You know, yeah. it's 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 because it's about meeting people where they are. But the other side is that it's not this absolute like for the rest of my life I'm just not gonna do that. <laughs> and then when they start to lie themselves. I can't do it anymore. Everything's so dramatic. Oh God. And then they go and start to subconsciously find genes that, you know, it's like, oh, well, they have the stretchy waist, but they still have the same number on the tag. And I totally agree with you. <laughs> and I get that. And and I, I am to me that I'm OK with that. I'm OK with going, ooh, you know what, self? Mm. You're, you're now fitting back into your fat genes. So that means that we need to pay a little closer attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's a more gentle reminder to me yeah. than the hopping on the scale. Um, but I would like it to get to that point where it's just a data point. Yeah. That wouldn't that be nice. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No gluten, NSNG, yeah. no egg, sesame, dairy. Yeah. Are you just eating meat all day long and I'm some vegetables? I'm a really interesting person, aren't I? <laughs> you can't even do like Vinny's hard-boiled eggs on the plane anymore. <sighs> no. And you know what? <laughs> I, I can't. I absolutely can't. And um, I, okay, soup. <laughs> soup is good. I eat a lot of soup. I eat a lot of like meat and veg and salads, but just, you know, tell them to take off the cheese. I do, you know, burgers with no bun or cheese, but then put a bunch of other stuff on there, like avocado, bacon, vegetables, like whatever I can. Meat and veg. That's basically what I eat is meat and veg. Wow. So what like explain like what a breakfast would be because it used to be bacon and bacon. eggs. It's just bacon. It's just bacon now. Um I'll do a shake. Mm-hmm. I like doing shakes, but I have to have some fat because I just get hung. You know what I've been doing is uh I put collagen protein in my coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, collagen protein, MCT oil and um you can't do butter. Coconut cream. Yeah. Coconut you- cream. Uh is a a substitute for the the butter and MCT oil, the bulletproof coffee, uh-huh. but it's my own version of it. Well, because my girlfriend came over and I made her a cup of bulletproof coffee, but she does dairy doesn't do well for her, and so she does it with uh, coconut butter. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's good too. I love that that coconut butter spread by Earth Balance. Honestly, I could just eat a spoonful. Of that. <laughs> Is it terrible? <laughs> that stuff's good. Um, yeah, no, I make that. And then generally I'm not hungry again for a little while. Mm -hmm. And, um, I might have some bacon or I might do a shake and the shake is usually a bunch of veg Mm -hmm. and maybe some berries and water and by a bunch of veg, I mean like spinach, a cucumber, if there's broccoli on hand, like basically whatever veg that I've decided to buy at the store. Cause I'm like, I'm eating all vegetables from now on. And really it's just sitting there and it's about to go bad. So I better make a shake out of it mm-hmm. to get some use out of it. Um, I'll put an apple in there. Um, I'll, let, I'll juice a half a lemon cause I like a little brightness. And, uh, I, uh, oh, my assistant made me buy this wheatgrass powder. Mm-hmm which is not gluten. Mm-hmm. Wheatgrass is not a gluten thing. So I'll put a scoop of that, but ugh, it doesn't taste that good. Um, I mean, you're already kind of like at a loss if you're just eating a veggie shake. Like, do you really have to put wheatgrass powder in it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she told me I had to, so I did. Um, yeah, so I'll do a shake. What Basically, whatever. Ginger is good in there. Gives a little spice. Um, and then I can move on and have like a regular lunch. But like yesterday, yesterday I was working and I had to go to sessions and I had meetings in the morning. And so I did that bulletproof about 630 in the morning and then I didn't eat anything until 1230. Mm -hmm. And I had a grass fed burger bun with a bunch of vegetables on it. And um, what do you mean? I was good to go until about 630 that night. Grass fed burger bun. I'm sorry. Grass fed burger patty. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? This bun, it doesn't have gluten. It's made from grass-fed cow, so it's a burger. 
Yeah, it's a burger. <laughs> well, that'd be it's a, a burger patty. <laughs> there you go. You just invented something. It's a burger something. patty wrapped with burger patties. It's a triple burger patty. <laughs> you could do burger patty, bacon, avocado, tomato, mm-hmm. lettuce, and then burger a patty. Burger patty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. So, what do you think of the collagen stuff? I like it. Um, and now I think it's funny because uh, I have a uh, uh, this one practitioner that I know who does the muscle testing, mm-hmm. which I'm always fascinated by. And I'm always trying to outsmart it. Mm-hmm. Whenever somebody does muscle testing, I mean, I'm like, I know where you're going with this. I'm going to outsmart you. And the muscle testing is like where you hold the thing and then they either you do your arm or, or your hand or you lean forward or lean backward. You know, it's a mm-hmm. whole thing where they basically can see if it, I guess the thinking is it agrees with your body chemistry. If mm-hmm. you can hold your arm firm and mm-hmm. it doesn't have, like it, somebody did it when I, my daughter was four or five months old and I was holding her and she was not, she was a very stubborn eater and still is. I should have known that the moment she came out. Um, and so I had to supplement with formula and I had a bottle of breast milk in the bag and a bottle of formula in the bag. And, uh, my friend who did the muscle testing was like, all right, well, hold, hold Lucy and then hold your arm out and then hold a bottle of the breast milk. Nice. Sure enough, held totally firm. And then he put that aside. He's like, all right, now hold the formula. I was like, all right, dude, I know what you're doing here. And I was like, held my arm out so strong as I, and he, I could not keep it up. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was interesting. And he's like, this is garbage. Don't ever feed her that. And I was like, all right, you made your point. So anyway, so, um, a friend of mine was muscle testing and I was like, muscle test this stuff. Well, all this new stuff that I ordered off the internet, <laughs> muscle test me. And, uh, she said, Ooh, your body really likes this collagen powder. This is like months ago. Ooh, your body really likes this collagen protein. I was like, huh, all right, that's cool. And then uh, she tested the whey protein. And <laughs> she was like, your body says this is not optimal. And I was like, whatever. I disregarded it. And then when I got the labs back and saw that the science actually backs it up, <laughs> that my body does not like the whey protein. Well, the, um, I, the idea behind the, it's the keto, right? The idea behind the muscle testing is that if, if your arm's going to go down because it, it's not going to be strong for a lie, your body knows what's good for you or healthy for you. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. And so a lot of times, like I've never done it with food. I've done it with, I, I taught it to my kids years ago. And I remember seeing them out in the front yard, like trying to test it out, but that your body doesn't like to lie. So we have all these thoughts that uh-huh. we tell ourselves. And then if we just put our arm out there, we, we'll, it'll hold strong for what we, what is really true. And it mm-hmm. will come down for what's not true. Wait, so if they just would stand out there in the yard, would they press each other's arms down or would they do it for themselves? No, they would do it to each other because they, oh, like, they were like wow. six and eight. <laughs> that's so cool. You're such a cool mom. That's hilarious. I just had this vision of like all these kids out in the yard, like muscle testing each other about lies. Well, they were six and eight. If I did that's that now so at 13 and 15, they'd be like rolling their eyes like, oh, oh gosh, completely. mom. <laughs> you don't even have to do that to get them to roll, roll their eyes at you. That's awesome. Okay, well, that I didn't know that. That's that's an interesting, uh, interesting thing. Yeah, I, I got to say, I don't understand it. Obviously, <laughs> I am not a scientist. I don't know any studies on muscle testing, but I will say, anecdotally, for me personally, whenever someone's done it for me, it's always somehow come true or been true, or you know what I mean. Well, and and I think here's the, th- the here's the thing. Like for the listeners out there, because I can be highly skeptical. Like, really, what are you talking about? Go test it out. Right. And and then you tested it out with the muscle testing and then you had lab results, which most of us hold much more sacred. Right. Yeah. This yeah, is sure. concrete. This is science. It's proven. Um, <clears throat> even though there's been a lot of stuff that's been proven in nutrition research, that's supposed to be good for us. Right. right so. Right. Um, but go test it out. I mean, I wouldn't do it on anything like high stakes, like minimal risk. You know, do I does my body like this apple? Does it not? Mm-hmm. And then you decide. I mean, I think in the end, it's like you always talk about on your show, N equals one experiments, right? Do the yeah. experiment on yourself. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing is like, that's why I never want to say never with ed- any of these foods, because maybe my body will be able to kind of heal itself and we'll be able to introduce stuff back in. And that's how I'm going to know is the N equals one experiment. Mm-hmm. Maintaining a nice, healthy balance and feeling good in the gut for a long period of time sounds like something that sounds really good to me. You know what I mean? Like I want to have that experience. So and it's worth it to not eat these things okay. to feel better and to lose some weight. 
And that makes so much sense. Like when we're at home and, you know, we're able to live our lives and, you know, to make it happen, right? Like a lot of times, I'm, and, you know, right now I'm trying to decide if I'm going to go out to dinner with my girlfriend tonight. And part mm-hmm. of me is like, gosh, she, maybe she should just come here. And we can just throw something simple together. Right. You know, instead of going out. And because I already have a lunch thing that I'm doing this afternoon. So, but, and that's such a different place. Like 10 years ago, I'd be like, no, I have to go out because that was such the treat. Right? right. But now it's kind of more of the hassle. Um, but Interesting. Yeah. You live in Hollywood. Like you're mm-hmm. going to parties. You're going, there's the mm-hmm. whole award season. There is freaking food and probably great food out there. So how do you handle that? I, I am so, I'm impervious to all of it. And I had a really good uh, Emmys experience when I went uh, this past year with with Minnie Driver, who was nominated for um, Return to Zero, which I think was it was a really wonderful movie, by the way, about a couple who went through having a, st- a stillbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was fantastic. And I think it's available online. Go see Return to Zero. Get it. If, especially if you know anybody who's had that experience. It's the first time I've ever seen that story told. And it was done really, really well. Tough, tough subject matter. But um, she was nominated. She said, come with me to the parties the night before. There's an NBC party. There's the night before party, which is a big party because everyone gets a bunch of free stuff. And and it's just for nominees and the people associated with those shows. So it's a really fun because I was like, oh, there's Brian Cranston. There's Aaron Paul. There's Vince Gilligan. There's Joel McHale. There's Ricky Gervais. There's, like everyone I loved was all in one place. I was like, ah, I didn't talk to any of them because I'm too scared. But, um, but what was interesting about that was like, these are nice parties with nice food mm-hmm. and free cocktails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, if I want to keep my wits about me and not be a complete Turkey, I'm not going to drink. And I'm probably not going to want to eat because you don't want to go and breathe your garlic breath all over somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I'm able to kind of turn it on and turn it off. And I make sure I eat before I go to these things. Because I've done that where I just like stand there. It's difficult to find gluten-free party food though. Mm-hmm. They, they are having it more and more now. But um, yeah, there's a show. Have you ever seen the show called Episodes that's on uh, Showtime? It's uh, about this English couple who has to develop their show for America. And they uh, it turns into like a really – it was a high-end English comedy. And now it's like this low-rent stupid American sitcom <laughs> that stars Matt LeBlanc and Matt LeBlanc plays himself on it. And, um, <clears throat> and there's a scene where one of the studio executives, um, the English people are at their first like Hollywood party. And they're like, Oh my goodness, isn't this amazing? And the studio executive goes, she goes to take one of the hors d'oeuvres and she takes the piece of filet mignon off the top of the, the cracker or bread or whatever. And she kind of chews it three times and then she spits it out <laughs> into her napkin. And I, I have seen people do that. <laughs> And it's ridiculous. Just eat the food. <laughs> I, it was, I was in Canada and I had a friend, we were at a tavern and um, she would like to eat salt and vinegar chips, but she would lick them, suck on them and then put them on the napkin. And that was her way of eating salt and vinegar chips. <laughs> <laughs> she, what? <laughs> she wanted the flavor, but she didn't want all I, the calories. I, I, oh. That just makes me wince because salt and vinegar chips are so strongly flavored. <laughs> just drink a cup of vinegar. Drink some apple cider vinegar. It's probably healthier. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So you have a way to handle the party. So that's not yeah, a problem. Yeah. You know, I just, you just have to practice to be quite honest. And like I said, on Christmas, Christmas Eve, we had a bunch of people come over and I drank wine. I ate the cheese plate that I put out for everybody. I ate the cheese candies. Like I was going to do it and I did it. And you know what? I did not feel good for like three days afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it was every now and then you have to do that. So you go, oh yeah, my body doesn't like that. Well, and I find when I do that, when I eat things that, you know, aren't part of my normal staple anymore that I used to live on, they're cut. I just look at them as great reminders yeah. you know like I don't beat myself up I just go oh wow yeah you know this is like how I used to feel all the time and I thought it was normal yes that's a perfect way of putting it and there's a freedom in that it's mm-hmm. the same thing where it becomes a data point mm-hmm. yep and by the way at the end of that Emmys parties the entire cast of Veep was wasted and they were and I love that show 
And it was really fun to like go, like, I just started dancing with them. There was no music playing. And, um, <laughs> and, and I was like, this is really fun. And I'm so glad I'm not the one who's wasted right now. Cause first of all, I'm going to feel awesome tomorrow and you're not. And, um, and, and second of all, I can just kind of have fun and not think, not attribute it to alcohol. And a lot of people were coming up and they were like, you know, that kind of like whiskey mm-hmm. breath. Mm-hmm. And I, not that there's, there's literally, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm just glad I wasn't the one. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, it's been a practice thing of just go and have a great time, but you don't have to necessarily eat all the food and drink all the drinks. Mm-hmm. Cause I have, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have party tramped it up in well, the past. <laughs> I mean, and I have too. And I think for me, you know, this is like a whole different show, so we're not going to go too far, but it's, it's that way to give ourselves permission to have fun. Right. right. And wh- whereas you just gave yourself permission. I was like, look, I'm going to have fun. And tomorrow I'm going to feel really good. Right. Yeah. So. Totally. Absolutely. All right. So going back to the food stuff. And so you've, you've done this testing. Now you haven't said, oh, I'm going to get rid of NSNG. You've just added to that and kind of mixed things up. It sounds like. Or am I wrong? When I, it was interesting, the mental game that I tried to play, which I know Vinny has a name for it and I can't remember, but I definitely tried to play some like mental chess with looking at these Cyrex panel, um, you know, results. When I saw that rice and potato and corn didn't even like bat an eye. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, you know why. It's probably because I haven't been eating them at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? The rice and potato and corn would come up so low. I definitely did this um, mind game of going, well, I'm going to eat some then. Mm-hmm. If I can't have these other things, I'm going to have some grains. Mm-hmm. Screw you, NSNG. <laughs> and, and it wasn't productive. It didn't help things. I didn't feel better. I felt angrier. Well, that was in your temper tantrum phase, but where yeah. are you now? Now, now I'm okay, and I'll, I'm, I'm actually okay. Like last night with the Indian food, I did have a couple of bites of rice, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was eating it with a vendetta. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I'm going to have a few bites because I like the nice aromatic basmati rice that they serve, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like a something to go. Oh my god, I had two bites of rice. You know what I mean? Like that that dramatic thing that we do, we beat ourselves up. So suffice it to say, everything's fine. Like everything feels manageable now. And I can go back to being mostly 90% NSNG Mm -hmm. and it's okay. Well, and I've heard previous like shows that you've done with Vinny where, you know, prior to any of this, when you were NSNG, there would be occasion where you would go out to Asian food and you would have some rice. Yeah. And, you know, and... Um, it was yeah, rice is probably my splurge. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is that, you know, one of the things that I talk a lot about is when you're taking action, where are you rooted? So like if you're rooted in scarcity, which is usually, you know, it's that temper tantrum wild child where, mm-hmm. you know, you can't have it. You, somebody, some, whether it's a parent, some higher power, the Cyrix test, you know, the doctor, whatever says you can't have it. We're rooted in scarcity. When we go and take that action, it's still not as fulfilling, right? So like you may yeah. eat that stuff, but it doesn't feel as good versus, you know, when you're rooted in this place of compassion, compassionate people have boundaries and you eat some and you're like, oh, okay, that's enough. You know, oh, that- that's so good. You're so good. So, so that's where you I need think to say more- that at, you need to record that. And I'm going to play it on my iPhone. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> well, it will be recorded. <laughs> Maybe I'll edit out okay. this part. <laughs> Send me that, please. Excise that, please. But that's so true. Mm-hmm. Where where are you rooted? And because like I think a lot of times when I'm grounded and if I'm not grounded, right? And when I'm rooted in like shame or fear or scarcity, it's all the same neighborhood, right? It's like living um, you know, not in a great neighborhood. And then but when I'm rooted in my place where my heart and Pam Grout and I were talking about that, you know, when we are in our hearts, when we are that place of love and love can be really tricky for a lot of people. So like, but when I'm grounded in the best of me and then the actions that I take, like when I used to binge eat on ice cream, I would tell myself a story of you deserve it. You had a really hard day. You deserve it. You had a really hard day. Well, there was so much guilt and shame about eating it. I was eating it behind my back. 
And I never enjoyed it. So I was eating that third bowl, like in huge bowls, not like these little bowls, right? But huge bowls of ice cream. And that third bowl is like, yeah, I deserve it. And then I would just beat myself up. Like, I can't believe you did that. There's so much shame if people knew all that stuff, right? When we talk about thoughts versus Mm -hmm. now, you know, if I eat ice cream, I eat it, I enjoy it. And I'm not eating a whole lot of it, but I really enjoy it. And I'm not eating behind my back. I'm actually there with the experience. Gosh, that's so good. That's evolved. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. I actually, when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I did have, it was a big day in our family. There was a big transition and a a closing of one door uh, of an experience my daughter has been engaged in for 10 years. She decided to quit an activity that she's been doing for a long time. And, um, it was a very emotional time for like the entire family. Cause we were all pretty well invested mm-hmm. in this activity. And, um, so we wrapped it up and we went out for ice cream and I wasn't going to have any. And I was like, why not have a little ice cream? And you know what? I did this exactly what you're talking about. I ate it consciously, joyfully mm-hmm. blessed the experience as it were. And, um, you know what? It didn't bother me at all. Now I know the old me would have gone, Ooh, that didn't bother me. That's an, that's an, a chance to go cheat the system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would go try it more, but I didn't, I got right back, right back, enjoyed it, got right back. Mm-hmm. And I noticed there were, I did not feel sick at all. Mm-hmm. That makes a difference. Well, here is like when you talk about the muscle testing or the Aikido stuff, it's like about really being honest with ourselves. Right. And just yeah. like telling ourselves the truth, like in giving, I mean, I give myself permission, you know, probably 60 to 100 times a day and not permission to, you know, eat chips or that, but like just permission that, you know what, it's okay. I, I, I can sit down for a moment or I can enjoy this experience or, um, you know, I can be because I'm, you know, I have this thing about working hard and about value and about, you know, uh, all, I don't know, all that kind of stuff. So just like, relaxing sometimes or, you know, or giving myself permission. Last night, what did we have for dinner? I made this, um, it's with that sesame oil. I made this orange chicken, I guess. Oh, girl. So I made this orange chicken. We had a spinach salad and then I had roasted garlic and we had some rice. And I looked down at my plate. And I was like, this is freaking an amazing dinner. That's an amazing meal. Yeah, it was good. Where is my plate? <laughs> it was good. I remember I just learned how to cook two years ago. I'd never touched raw chicken before two years ago. And um, I think raw chicken scares people. <laughs> I didn't touch any raw meat. <laughs> I, I believe it. I got real grossed out by raw meat when I was pregnant, too. And it took a little while to get over that. Yeah. So <laughs> but now I don't care. I'll, I'll shove my hand up a chicken and uh, I'll butcher a uh, thing. I don't care. I still just deal with breasts. I don't deal with bones. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Oh girl, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you making chicken thighs. <laughs> I'll come down and you can you can give me a cooking okay. lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't be afraid of the chicken thigh. You want the bone and the skin, and you're not gonna be afraid of it. It's gonna be great. I know. I just I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around. See, I have work to do in that area. <laughs> that's all right. We're all works in progress, my dear. Well, and that's the important thing that I want to stress with for the listeners out there, right? Is that there's not just this one right way. And that when we hit these road bumps, it doesn't mean it's not working. Like NSNG doesn't work because your body still feels good. And it doesn't mean you have to do it perfectly, right? And that's not something that you guys don't say you have to, it has to be perfect. But then what are maybe something else that's contributing to your body and your health? And looking at that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, wait, are you asking me? <laughs> I don't know what I'm I doing. Was just, I was just, I was just pondering that you you say such wonderful things. <laughs> That's so. It's just, it's true. Why? Gosh, he says this is just like it's such problems of an advanced society mm-hmm. because <laughs> it's like there's yeah, we're not worried about starving, right? We're <laughs> no, there's too much food, too much time on our hands. Too much neuroses developing surrounding the too much food. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so I think it's important, like, for the listeners, you know, to um, 
not give up, not give up on themselves or the process or to say, okay, this only got me results here. I feel really good. Because, right, you had some really good things about NSNG. You felt good. You had good energy. Yeah, I do like it. And again, that's not measurable. How do you measure that? Yeah, you don't. You just know that you feel better than you felt in a while. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's my thing is that I feel really good. I don't have this. I mean, food used to be about happiness. Like food was my guaranteed for happiness. It was the Mm. thing I knew that was going to make me happy, even Mm -hmm. though I would beat myself up. So there was still a lot of lying to myself. And I remember years ago, my husband and I went to Napa for the weekend and he was like so concerned, like, are you going to be happy with this restaurant? Are you not? And I was like, it's okay. If, if this rest, if this meal doesn't work out, like it will be fuel and there'll be more meals in my future. Like again, yeah. getting out of that scarcity mm-hmm. and thinking that, you know, and having those kinds of- <laughs> you will get to eat again. <laughs> there will be plenty of meals in my life. Yeah. And getting out of that transactional mindset of, you know, if I do this, then this will happen. And oh, it, yeah. You know, or, oh, NSNG only did this for me. And the thing that measures it didn't really change, right? It changed a little bit, but not enough for what I want. And so these unmeasurable things, I'm, and because I have these unmeasurable things, but I'm going dis, you know, to discount it and I'm going to go to, you know, who knows what, some, some other thing. Right. Right. Well, you know, what's interesting. We do, a lot of us are not very in touch with what a, if we felt 100% healthy, what would that look like? What would that feel like? You know, because a lot of us want to say, well, if, if I just lose 20 pounds, if I just lose this 20 pounds, then I'll be healthy. Mm-hmm. But that's like a, a negative goal. Well, you know what I mean? Not a negative goal. I don't know what the word, I, but the feeling I'm looking for is like, what is it? What would it feel like? I think what you're getting to is the difference between feeling and what that perceived image of what we think we're going to look like and then what that will bring us. Yeah. Right. It's that once I'm skinny, I'll find love. Once I'm skinny, mm-hmm. then I'll be able to make more money. I mean, whatever the then rules I'll allow I have. myself these other things that I want, mm-hmm. which mostly is just to be happy. Mm-hmm. Thinking that that's going to, that's, <clears throat> that's the block that we have to our personal happiness right. instead of wow, if I can have energy right now, if I can feel good right now, if my obsession with food isn't happening. Yeah, you you fill it with something else, Mm -hmm. (laughs) productive. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess too what I'm getting at is that I've seen plenty of people lose the weight and then they're still miserable. Mm -hmm. And and that doesn't necessarily, I don't know. It's like my husband is extremely fit Mm -hmm. and really does not, he's that, small percent of the population who can literally eat whatever he wants and still have like ripped abs. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it's like, do you, but he, he constantly complains that like, Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. I feel like crap or, you know, and he has this guilt thing. He's guilting himself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, so then what, what does it feel like? How could, how would you define feeling healthy for yourself? I would feel vibrant. I would feel strong. I would feel like I could do almost any kind of workout. Mm-hmm. I would feel like I could do push-ups, boy style, like 50 of them. I would feel like I could run a 10K if I needed to. I would feel like my cycle wasn't the boss of me. I would feel at ease. I would feel calm. I would feel joyful. I would feel like I would eat when I was hungry and not be obsessed with eating because I'm feeling any kind of range of emotion. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. going through and actually tuning into those things that feel good as opposed to going, what would healthy mean? I'd lose 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Well, I would lose 20 pounds. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I feel like our brains are on this thing. Like I have to lose 20 pounds. I have to lose 20 pounds. I have to lose 20. And we say it like, or whatever that number is, but we say it like incessantly. Mm Mm-hmm. So how do you, you, it's hard to really make a transition to move into a positive direction when all you're doing is like, lose the 20 pounds, lose the 20 pounds, lose the 20 pounds, lose it all day long. Mm-hmm. Then you can't take it. You get emotionally overwhelmed and then you're like, screw it. I'm just going to eat everything. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't help you try to lose 20 pounds. No, because then you give up on yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you get depressed. You go for And then you hate yourself. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I mean, and, you know, just from the business that you're in, right, it's just about how can I keep going? What can I look forward to? 
you know, what, what are, how can I be resourceful mm-hmm. and, um, and testing things out? And like, I heard this, um, I think it was Chris Kressler said, you know, what, what foods may nourish your body right now may change because we adapt. That's true. That's true. And I remember there was a time that I would just, my favorite, one of my favorite things to eat was Greek yogurt and frozen berries. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was the bomb. And it would tide me over for a long period of time. It was just great. And, you know, I have it occasionally now, but it's not something that, and it doesn't tide me over as much. And it's just, right. and so my body has transitioned on. There's other things. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's pretty normal. That's a really great treat, though, if you're trying to go NSNG and you're having a hard time giving up the sugar and the grains. That is a wonderful way, a, a stopgap thing mm-hmm. to make you feel like, I'm full. I had a little sweet treat. Um, it's like and then you're right. You do get over because I did that with berries and and fresh whipped cream, mm-hmm. and it was almost every night. And then finally, all of a sudden, I was like, Ugh, "I'm done." Mm-hmm. It was too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's about how can we keep going and not give up on ourselves, and then what are the tweaks that we can make? So right. how, how did you find your um, your practitioner? Um, I did a couple of things. First of all, I found a hormonal practitioner by going to Sarah Gottfried's website because mm-hmm. uh, she has some folks that she has trained. And I found a lady in Pasadena who I, I liked the look of her website, <laughs> <laughs> which is how honestly a lot of us find people who are like, oh, I, I like their website. I seem to jive with them. Um, and then uh, the gut health lady, um, a functional medicine lady alexis daniels i found her through recommended recommendation from a friend and i just loved her from the moment that i met her Mm -hmm. i was like you you're awesome so between the two of them we've been running all sorts of in fact we're going to do another cbc because we're going to see if like the homocysteine and whatever the other markers of inflammation we're going to see if those have gone down Mm -hmm. so i'll find that stuff out and so with this new tweak to to how you nourish yourself, how do you feel like energy-wise? Good. I miss the dairy from an emotional standpoint, but not a physical mm-hmm. standpoint, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Dairy is the ultimate comfort food for me. Mm-hmm. So that I miss the emotional standpoint. So energy-wise, energy feels, energy feels, there's so many factors going on with energy. It's not just how you eat. It's how are you sleeping? How are your hormones balanced? What's going on with your stress levels, uh, your work, your family, everything in your life? Yeah. It's so so I, I feel better. <laughs> and there's also a lot of stress going on. So it's probably actually a really good thing because it seems to be a confluence of stressful things happening lately. So it's really good to to have known this. So I'm not exacerbating Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because if you weren't taking care of yourself and with all the stress going on, where would you be then? Right. And, and, and another thing too, was that when Alexis told me, I don't think you understand, you really can't eat these things. They're making you very sick. And I started, did the rage cry and I wanted to strangle her neck. (laughs) Violence. I just react with violence. Um, but when, when she told me that I, I was just like, what? I, I, it, it was just, it was crazy to me. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. And, and then, but then when I started doing it, I was like, well, hell she's right. Mm-hmm. I do feel better. Well, we have that initial resistance, right? It's like, oh sure. no. And because part of it is, is that it, it's like, now what do I eat? I mean, right? Because it's like mm-hmm. you've already reduced other, you've already eliminated a lot of other things. So now it's like, what do I eat? But it sounds like you've been able to find stuff. You've just had to be more creative and figure things out and test yeah. things out. So, yeah. All right. Well, I have. Anna, thank you for coming back. I know you have I to love go. I talking to you. I know I do. I have a, another uh, thing in, in two minutes. And in fact, they're trying to Skype me right now. <laughs> Um, I love talking to you. Let's talk some more. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Okay, good. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Anna. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was Anna Vocino. You can find her at glutenfreeanna.com or she's also on a podcast with Vinny Tortorich, who's been a guest on the show and it's the Angriest Trainer podcast. And, um, you know, again, I hope that one of the things that you can take away from our show is that 
if you found something that works for you on your journey towards your health or towards your weight loss, and it's maybe not giving you the exact results that you want, it doesn't mean it's not working. It may mean that you need to tweak a little bit. Um, and by no means am I saying that you need to go and um, work with functional medicine doctors and stuff because, of, of course, not everybody can afford that. But don't give your power away. And like, because the old me would have been like, oh, woe was me. I can't afford that. So I'm going to go and have, you know, the third bowl of ice cream and the whole bag of Dorito chips and just be like, throw my arms up in the air. And instead, well, what can you do in your given circumstances? What are things that you can do? What can you test out? There's a lot of great information. There's a lot of conflicting nutrition information. But really, what is um, the right fit for you? I'm always hesitant to come on, even though I'm a weight loss coach, to come on and you know bring, like I've had Leslie Clanky, who uh, is the paleo girl, you know Anna or Vinny about NSNG and stuff, um, where there's one type of lifestyle because I'm, I, it's not that I'm promoting that lifestyle. I'm just trying to say, here is a window of possibility. What works for you? And then the other side of that that I just thought of is the commitment factor. Where are you on the commitment? Are you kind of just halfway doing it? Like, I'm going to just dip my toe in there and say, oh, well, you know, yes, I went for a swim and it didn't work for me, but you had a toe in there. Or are you really committing to it and testing it out? And seeing, okay, what really works for me? How does my body work? And there's a hundred, you can go through the day and talk to people in your lives and they're going to say, this is what works or this is what's best or this is the only way. I'm always really cautious with the only way. It's about what works for you. What is looking at your factors? What kind of time do you have? What what finances do you have? Um, Do you know how to cook? I mean, prior to knowing how to cook, that was a barrier for me. What, what kind of groceries do you have available to you? So that's one aspect. The other is, what's your relationship with food like, right? What do you make it mean? And so Anne and I were talking about, where are you rooted? You know, are you rooted in a place of scarcity? When I'm rooted in that place, I want to overeat. You know, one of the things that I really work on is not being being in that wild child place. I talk a lot with my clients about dictator versus wild child, the shoulds, you know, you should do this, you should do that, you should eat this, you should eat that versus the the shoulds, that's a lot of judgment, the dictator. And a lot of times when people do that, they pendulum over to the wild child where it's like, you're not the boss of me. Let me show you. I mean, that used to be a very big frame of thought in my mind. It was like, you're not the boss of me. Let me show you. And I would go off and eat in secret someplace, you know, or go to a restaurant someplace and, you know, spend money and, and eat those foods because I was showing somebody, whoever whoever was in my mind, the dictator, I was showing them, even though they had no idea what I was doing it. And the person I was hurting was me. So that's being in a place rooted in, you know, scarcity or you know, feeling like I have no power of choice when in essence, I'm an adult, I'm an emotional adult. And what is it that I choose? So I would always tell my clients, I'd say, look, you have a wallet. Most of my clients have cars unless they like live in New York City. And you probably have a grocery store or restaurants nearby. You can always go buy this stuff. I've never been a big fan of clear out, you know, clear out your your pantry and take it all out so you're not tempted. The reality is, is that if from a former binge eater, I could always go find food. Finding food wasn't the problem. It didn't have to be in my house. I would go and find it. And I spent a lot of energy. And I also got a lot of people to go find, get the food for me too. Like I was really creative. When I put my energy behind something, I can get a lot of stuff uh, done, even if it's not serving me. So it's not about necessarily having in your house. But Anna said something earlier when we were talking about the scale, like right now, for her to look, she understood that idea of it's a number, it's a data point. It's not something that defines her. But right now that's more than she has the capacity to handle. And it's not a judgment and it doesn't define her of who she is or what her outcome is going to be. It just, there's a boundary, right? You've heard this, I mean, gosh, how many times? I feel like I say this probably 10 times a day, but compassionate people have boundaries. And when we can understand what our own boundaries are, that gives us so much more freedom. It's like, okay, that's the Carol Dweck growth growth mindset. I'm not there yet. Wouldn't that be a great place to be? But right now I'm just going to work, focus on, you know, what jeans do I wear? Do I wear my skinny jeans or do I wear my other jeans? Because that's the capacity that I have. That's being compassionate. That's not being, 
I'm going to stick my head in the sand. I'm going to be an ostrich and I'm just going to pretend it didn't happen. I'm going to lie to myself about it. I mean, that's what I, that was that third bowl of ice cream for me. So when we can pay attention to the stories that we tell ourselves, are we telling ourselves the truth? When we can meet ourselves where we are and not give up. I mean, gosh, that is like my hope for you in whatever journey you're on, whatever arena that, you know, you are in that, you know, trying to, you're daring to be great, like in Brene's words, or, you know, you're trying to um, master or excel at. So whether it's weight loss in a relationship, making money, whatever it may be, parenting, is that you don't give up on yourself. I mean, that's, if that's probably one of my core fundamental things is helping people not give up on themselves because there are times it gets so frustrating. It's like, why is this happening? It shouldn't be happening. Or, you know, we hit these road bumps and sometimes we take them as signs that this isn't the right path. Well, just like with, with Anna and why I wanted her to come back, it wasn't that NSNG was a sign that it didn't work when she got these lab results. It was, oh, here's some other things with her gut that she needs to work on healing. And that's her story, her journey. And it's not, again, a blueprint about what you need to go do to have optimal health. This is just one person's story. And I love how she holds that space and shares her story without standing up on the rooftop and saying, you must do this. This is what's, you know, has worked for me. She's sharing her experience. And that's really about life. Like, I believe life is a classroom. And what are the nuggets? And then how do we look at that? within our own lives, within our own structures that we have of how do we make it work. You know, there are certain things um, nutritionally, like we were talking about the chicken thighs and stuff, um, like bones really kind of freak me out. And and I know that's something I need to work on or, you know, I do want to work on. Um, and by giving myself that permission to say, it's where I am right now, it's a big deal that I touch raw meat, you know, or where I am right now, I'm um, I understand something intellectually of how it could be good for me. I may not be ready to actually do it instead of judging myself and saying, I should be doing this. And what's wrong with you, Corinne? And, you know, that gets me nowhere because that makes me shrink. That's when I hide away because I'm in a shame storm and I'm not doing my best in my life. So when I can be in that rooted in that compassionate place for myself, I do a lot better. I can show up in my life, the people around me, you know, have uh, like Jill Bolte Taylor says, because I'm being much more responsible with my energy, right? When I come into a room, so I'm more pleasant for other people to be around and I do good work. So when you, before you take action, I really invite you to think about where are you rooted? Are you rooted in scarcity or shame? You know, and take a look at those thoughts, take a look at that feeling and what can help you shift over. You know, sometimes for me, helping me shift over is I just need to connect with the person. I need to be with a friend and just to talk right? There's not just, it's not a one size fits all. It's you kind of start to know like, what are your little tricks? Like I have my little tricks of how I peel garlic. It's like one of my favorite things to do on the planet, which is so strange, but I love to do it. And I've kind of had these tricks and sometimes I do it that way. And sometimes I do it this way. So what are our tricks or techniques, right? What are your techniques? What are the things that you do? Um, so my big thing for you after the show is not to give up on yourself. You may need to do tweaks and, but don't make it mean that it's not working. Instead, it's like, and that it's never going to work. Instead, it's like, well, what can I tweak? You know, and where am I rooted when I'm taking this action? And, and am I coming from a place of love or am I coming from this dictatorial thing or am I thinking that this is what's going to make me happy? You know, because we talked about that too, about, oh, if I lose 20 pounds, I'm going to be healthy. Well, you know, I guess first off is define what is health. Does it mean that you're skinny, but you're low energy? Is that what health means? Because for some people, that's it, all that matters is what is that number on that that scale, and they'll do whatever they need to do so that, and if that means low energy, that's okay. But for you, what is your definition of health? Know what it is that you're pursuing, and then look at the other components. It's a lot more complicated to do it this way, in a sense, because it's about you getting to know what you want versus what our culture wants or other people, and then we can get overwhelmed with choice but take it in small steps. So again, don't give up on yourself um, and see what tweaks you can make for yourself. And thanks so much for listening today. And thanks so much for leaving iTunes, iTunes reviews. I They help fuel me to keep me going as I sit in the dark and try to figure out, you know, what other content can I give you guys? Is this, you know, when I have my own doubts of is this really valuable? Does this really help people? It's just me and somebody else. And who knows? I get the statistics and everything. But, you know, we all have our self-doubt. But I want to do a shout out to 
uh, Leslie J, L-E-S-E-J, who wrote, the show lifts me up and inspires me every time I listen. Corinne is genuine, compassionate, and uplifting. Thank you so much. There was a time, and there can be times, that I can be really dogmatic or overbearing. I mean, this compassionate thing is something that I've really worked on um, over the years. And then also Rabbit33, thanks so much for your review of I'm a fairly new listener, and like most people, I want great content for my time investment. I'm looking for value when I listen and Corinne delivers. Many of your guests speak to me like they they're in my head. While I appreciate what I appreciate most is that Corinne actually lets her guests speak and bring to the listeners what they're trying to say. So many hosts out there spend some more time talking about themselves. Corinne interjects only with relevant questions, points, and anecdotes, and does a wonderful job of letting her guests shine. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbit Jay. That's something that I work on. I'm sure there's times that, you know, I may hug, hug the mic because I have something that I want to share or say. But every time I go on this and do these shows, I'm really thinking about the listeners. What can you get from it? So again, thanks so much for leaving these iTunes reviews. They do help fuel me as I go through. And then sometimes they're good evidence for me when I have my own self-doubt because we do, even though I've been doing this for eight years and have well over 400 shows and I've interviewed you know, so many amazing people and they've gotten such great feedback in terms. I mean, I have the number stats and then the emails that I get. Um, but so thank you because these are just another little bit of evidence that can help me, especially on those dark days. Take care. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.